everybody. Welcome in to a special edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. I'm in the ride because I just left the All-State Arena in Rosemont, Illinois for Friday Night Smackdown. Wow. You hear the theme of Roman Reigns ahead of the table for a reason. Because we got our answer. We finally got our answer. The triangle between Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman, and Roman Reigns finally was answered in suburban Chicago. Paul Heyman told Roman Reigns, I'm trying to protect Brock Lesnar from you. (laughs) And what did Roman Reigns do? He fired Paul Heyman at the All-State Arena. Wow. And they were going to set up some kind of concerto. Something. The Usos are in there. Roman Reigns was in there. Paul Heyman pretty much laid it out like, I'm trying to protect you from from Brock Lesnar. It was the last segment on SmackDown, and it's the answer that we were looking for. A close to a chapter and a reopening of a new chapter because... Does this mean on day one in Atlanta at the State Farm Arena that we'll see Paul Heyman in the corner of Brock Lesnar? Or does Paul Heyman come back and say, please, my tribal chief, I was wrong. You are the man. It's still to be determined. The firing has happened, but there could be more coming up on January 1st, 2022. I love a story like this. And the WWE, when they want to, can tell a great story. SmackDown has told a great story between Lesnar and Reigns and Paul Heyman. It was great. The fans were on the edge of their seats to find out what Roman was going to say. Roman, by the way, got a huge pop. The biggest pop of the night, of course... The Usos also had a big pop. A lot of respect for that whole bloodline. No question about it. A big, big pop for those three. And Roman Reigns could even bash the city because the crowd was deafening for Roman Reigns. And he didn't even wrestle. It just shows you how over the storyline is. How over the character is of Roman Reigns. That he gets that reaction in Chicago. And a lot of places that he goes for SmackDown. Before I move forward, let me just tell you about when you are in a position like Roman Reigns and you have full autonomy of your character. That means so much. And it's so rare in the WWE where you do have that full autonomy to be able to say, nah, these writers don't even know where I'm going with this. Let me be able to say what I want to say in the ring. That's what it comes down to. Let me say what I want to say in the ring. Because you can give me a raw outline of, hey, this is where we're going with the storyline, but I'll fill in the verbiage. And that's why Roman Reigns stands out more than any other superstar in the WWE. I'm not even sure Charlotte has that. I'm not even sure if Becky Lynch has that. But Roman Reigns, for sure, is saying what he wants to say within the guidelines of what the WWE wants him to talk about. And I think that's really cool. And that's why he's over, because he comes across natural. He doesn't have the same type of staccato 
promo or the same stiff promo or the same cadence of a promo. He does it the way he wants to do it. And I think that Paul Heyman also has that same type of autonomy to be able to do what he wants to do, say it the way he wants to say it. And so that's why Roman is over. So hats off to the WWE. It's amazing. There's been wrestlers in there for 10, 12, 14, 15 years, and they don't get that type of leash, that kind of leeway. But Roman Reigns does. This is the Roman Reigns we saw at Florida Championship Wrestling. Arrogant. Everything was about him. Everything is about his time. And now you see him with this storyline as the SmackDown champion. It's pretty cool. I love it. So what happens now, right? What happens with this? Brock Lesnar came down for the save on Paul Heyman. And it's been hinted. And I love the story because week after week, you start to get hints like, is Heyman really with Lesnar? That whole thing at at, uh, SummerSlam where Heyman puts the belt in the middle of the ring. And he was trying to be neutral, but you know that his first love was Brock Lesnar going way, way back to the early 2000s. So I can't wait for next week. It's so rare for the WWE to have stories like that where you say, man, I can't wait till next week. But that's the number one storyline in this company. And you would think, boy, if this works, we need to have a second, third, fourth, fifth storyline on Raw, SmackDown, NXT that really resonates with people. But nothing is greater than what we saw with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. Pretty cool. And I was able to see it uh, at the Allstate Arena. So let me just fill you in on a few other things. We saw. I saw The New Day. And again, I don't have a script. I don't have anything written down. I'm just going by memory, as I usually do when I do these uh, in on the road podcasts. <laughs> as I drive myself back home, I can get home to watch Rampage now. Uh, and by the way, on Saturday morning, as we record this Saturday morning, I have a show with uh, Mark Henry, the world's strongest man, AEW trainer and coach. I will get a chance to work with him eight to eleven a.m. Central on Series 6M Busted Open. I believe because of the holidays, Series 6M is free to non-subscribers. So if you want to get in on that, check us out 8 to 11 a.m. It'll run all weekend, by the way. If you don't catch it live, it'll run all day Saturday. It'll run day, all day Sunday and into early Monday morning. And, of course, on the TWT podcast, of course, of course, I'll take care of you. You know that I'll give you some snippets of the show right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. So the Usos took on the New Day, and big pops for the New Day, as I mentioned, and also for uh, the Usos. You know, somebody in the crowd, and I was sitting amongst the fans on Friday night, they were saying, oh, you know, they've been wrestling for like six, seven years. Somebody said, oh, I've seen this match over and over again. But you know what? The thing is, is that when you see four great competitors like Kofi Kingston and what you've seen here with the King, as well as the Usos, man, you know, they can wrestle ten times for me. It does not matter. I think that they're always exciting. I'm a tag team wrestling mark anyway, but I thought that all their spots were spot on. I think everything, they connected to the audience really well. 
It's almost like two babyface teams wrestled one another. So I thought it was really cool. I think that they did a, a great job. And then the New Day got over on the Usos, which also is a storyline for Roman Reigns saying, hey, I don't like my cousins when they lose, right? So I think that that was kind of cool that that, uh, that that occurred. You know who else is over? Naomi's over. And I heard someone in the crowd, several people in the crowd, was like, oh, same old shit, right? Naomi, this whole thing that's going on here with uh, the general manager. Can I tell you something? Naomi, when she comes out, gets a huge ovation. Not just from kids, but also adults. And a huge ovation for me, too, because I think she's over. She looks wonderful. She's a beautiful woman. It has been for a long time. But she can go, too. And her promos have gotten better. So, I, you know, I, I think that Vince and the brass in WWE is giving her another opportunity to eventually one day become a, a champion. Or if nothing else, to be over again for her segments to matter. I just love how Sonya Deville once again tried to get Naomi in a trap. <laughs> and it didn't work because it's like a two-minute match. But it worked out really well as she won that matchup. Uh, and I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. And again, big pops and big props went to Naomi. Fans really want her to succeed. You can just tell. So the the first match on Raw on uh, SmackDown was a women's tag team match. It wasn't a long promo. It was started with a match, which surprised me. By the way, I thought I was gonna settle in and watch a 15 minute promo, but it wasn't. So. Shotzi Blackheart, or they're just calling her Shotzi, and Charlotte Flair were in a tag team. And the other side was Tony Storm and Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks, as soon as her music hits, adults, kids, they stand up and they want to see her when the boss comes out. That music hits and she is over. And same thing with Charlotte Flair too, right? Because... Either way, whether you like her or don't like her, she's polarizing and people want to see her come out there. And Tony Storm was the first one to be introduced. She was the first one in the ring before the show started. And she got a nice ovation. She got the third best ovation. Shotzi comes out and she gets little or nothing. She doesn't have the tank like she had in NXT. I know that this was there's a reason why that match took place. I was thinking about it while I was sitting there watching it. I'm like, this is interesting. This is very interesting, this whole matchup here. I was thinking about why this matchup took place. And so, I was thinking, okay, this match is in place to get Shotzi and Tony Storm over. And you say, well, Hood, no. People like Shotzi. People know who Tony Storm is. No, I think in the minds of Vince McMahon and the writing staff, I think that that was important for them to see Exactly, with two veterans like Sasha and Charlotte, we know they can go, right? We know that they're over. But I think that they want to see the reaction of Shotzi teaming with one veteran and Tony Storm teaming with another. Now listen, I've been watching Tony Storm for a long time in the Indies, wrestling in the UK, and when she got to NXT UK, I was excited about that because Triple H knew how over and how wonderful Tony Storm is. I mean, she is one of the best wrestlers on the roster. But again, Vince McMahon doesn't know that, but I know that, and most wrestling fans know that. So I think that this is kind of a test 
the way this matchup took place, just to see what the reaction would be and how well the I thought Shotzi was okay. And I think that she wasn't great. But the other three women, of course, Charlotte and Sasha are so smooth in the ring. And Tony Storm is as well. And she got a lot of applause too. So I think it's going to take a little bit t- more time for Shotzi to be able to be in that category. But I thought that to start off the SmackDown show, I think that that told a story of, okay, let's see what Tony Storm does. And if Tony Storm wins, what's the reaction going to be? I come to realize watching wrestling for a long time that a lot of the finishes is based on what the crowd says. And of course, in a city like Chicago, you know, there's always going to be a reaction uh, until you get the second match and you get the Viking Raiders in a tag team match uh, that in which it was completely silent. You could hear a pin drop at the All-Star Arena for that second match. But I think really it's really about what the reaction is to the crowd, and I think that that's what matters the most. So I really like that first match. So, um, oh, you know what's go-away heat? Happy time, that happy talk. It's not just, oh, boy, you know, that's a bad segment. I mean, it is It is really a really, really bad segment. And I understand why that's happening because, hey, we want to... Sh- we want two obnoxious guys out there laughing like Baron Corbin and his little buddy. Let's just have them out there laughing on bad jokes. I mean, this is the top of the hour. I looked at my my watch and it was like 8 o'clock and you're doing this? for the so, so the second hour, you're putting Happy Talk on and you got a desk out there just to show Drew McIntyre. And I'm like, what is the purpose of any of this? <laughs> I was like... I was like every time that they're out there, it's like it's it's beyond go away heat. I don't care about this, but they continue to put it on time after time after time, and I just don't understand it. I hate that segment. <laughs> I really do. So let me just tell you my thoughts about the crowd at Allstate. So I will be honest with you, as I always am on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. It's been a while since I've been to a uh, WWE show, a WWE SmackDown show. And there's a lot of families there, a lot of kids there. More kids at the WWE show than I noticed at AEW. Because I've been to, I think, four AEW shows in a row. And so being in a WWE, it's a little bit of a, of a difference, right? There are fans that are chanting New Day rocks. And there's, you know, day one chants for the Usos and for Roman Reigns and... You know, it, it's an interesting crowd. It's a, it's a young crowd, and there's some old people that were behind me too. But you know, and I think that's the power of being on Fox, right? Being on Fox TV, I think that you give a cross section of fans, but a lot of young people. And just listening to the crowd, you can tell like Roman's number one for sure. Um, they like the Usos, and, but they also like the kitschy stuff too, like. I found myself sitting and watching a lot of the monitor. And I know that's always in the WWE way, but the difference in going to WWE shows in the 90s and early 2000s is when you are in the arena and you're looking up at the screen all the time, there's always something happening on the screen that was worth watching, right? It it wasn't Sonya Deville, and it wasn't like Adam Pearce, and it wasn't like Happy Corbin and the sword and... You know, Drew McIntyre walking in the back looking for Baron Corbin. I mean, it's just like 
it's just different for me, I guess, because back in the day, as you well know, if you're a longtime wrestling fan, even as a millennial, you knew the importance of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And if there was something that was happening in the back, it would be like, you know, something big happening like in the locker room area, something happening in the garage, you know, at, around the garage area, you know, and it'd be something big. Now you go to the screen and it's like advertisement for WWE, and that's fine. And there's, you know, just kind of just idle talk. And I don't know. I did, and, you know, the WWE fan is into that as well. They're, they're glued to the TV. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, well, hell, if I'm going to watch half the show on this big screen or on the, you know, the monitor up at the Offset Arena, I could have just watched this at home. So, but I thought that the action was good. I thought it was very good. And the, the whole crescendo to all of it is that Roman Reigns arrived, quote unquote, late to the show as Paul Heyman was waiting for his tribal chief to come. He ran into Brock Lesnar and finally he got to uh, Roman Reigns. And I think that was worth it. So I, all in all, I thought it was a really good show. And by the way, uh, Raw is coming to town uh, in late March. I'm driving, so I can't can't look at the date. But I know it's going to be late March. They, I think they are selling tickets on Friday night as a, at the arena at Allstate. Uh, I will not be attending that because uh, I kind of know what that is. If it's two weeks away from WrestleMania, which I believe it is, then that show is not going to be very good. <laughs> like, like the go-home like, like the two weeks to the go home show, that probably won't be very good. And I, and as I always tell you, I am not a fan of sitting around watching Raw for three hours. Uh, so, yeah, SmackDown's good enough for me. By the way, I'm totally fine with the two hours. There was enough action to keep me entertained. And so, uh, but I, so I just want you to know that those tickets will be available now. The crowd, it was uh, from what I can tell, it was a sellout. Um, you know, that big screen, that big WWE screen, the Titantron they have there, it blocks off a lot of seats, man. There was a time when I was in that arena and the Attitude Era and a little bit after that, they didn't have that big screen. And so you could get 18,000 people or whatever it holds at Allstate. But there's so many empty seats behind there because they, you know, because they had to block all that stuff up for production. It's something. Something else, too, I noticed, too. You know, there was only one dark match, and that was Natalia, who was on this podcast, by the way. It was on Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. And uh, so she was on my show. She was in a, uh, a match against, is it Aaliyah? Uh, I'm trying to remember. But I know that she fell short uh, in the matchup. So, uh, but it was good to see her out there, and she got a pop too. People respect her, and she wrestled, by the way, as uh, as a heel. Yeah, it was Aaliyah. I was trying to remember. So Aaliyah wins the match. It was a really solid match, though. I, I think a good five, five to eight minute match, maybe almost ten. But Natalia is just a professional, and people respect her. I know she wrestled as a heel. She told the audience in Chicago to kiss her ass, and then she actually was on SmackDown talking about her being in the Guinness Book of World Records. I think that's amazing, by the way. And I'll tell you why. So Randy Orton on the men's side, Natalia on the women's side, the most pay-per-view matches in the history of the WWE. And you know why that's amazing? is because, not because Natalia was able to get that done or Randy Orton was able to get that done. 
I just didn't think the WWE was taking those stats down. Like, how did they? I didn't even think the WWE cared about those stats. They don't care about wins and losses. So I'm just kind of like, wow, they actually care about. Um, I actually care about how many matches that Natalia's been in. I that I thought that was a shock. Actually, I was uh, surprised that they actually paid attention to those stats and they were able to put Natalia and Randy Orton in the Guinness Book of uh, World Records for pay-per-view matches as I drive home here. This guy's swerving all over the road. What the hell, man? It's crazy. So, as we get ready for day one, I don't know what 2022 brings for the WWE, but one thing for sure is that that whole Roman Reigns thing is very entertaining to me. And Brock Lesnar, and, and I think I might have mentioned this before, but if I haven't, I'll say it here. This is probably one of the most entertaining stints of Brock Lesnar that we see in the WWE because he's talking on the mic, he's been entertaining with Sami Zayn, and he doesn't have Paul Heyman talking for him just yet. Yet, right? Um, so it's not just him just looking menacing and just dancing around the ring and you know, winning a championship you don't see him for two months, they keep him special no, he's actually coming to arenas, he's coming he's on the show almost every week and he's making an impact and I like it I like it a lot, so um, I don't know what 2022 brings like, will Brock Lesnar be the champion and like, as you if, if he wins the championship over Roman Reigns, like what's WrestleMania look like, right? And I really don't know the answer to that. But something else, too, that's important. And this is on Raw and SmackDown. And that is the ability to build baby faces. you got to be able to build baby faces. You realize on Monday Night Raw last week, and I, as I always say, I don't watch all three hours of Raw. I just can't do it. I will look in at the main event, I'll look at the beginning of the segment, I just can't watch all three hours, it's just the worst but I noticed that all the heels won on Raw all the heels won on Raw ah, oh, there's a cop there, I don't have my ways on hopefully he doesn't mind me doing this podcast while I'm on uh, 55, headed north Hope he has in mind. But if he does pull me over, he can be on the podcast. Uh, so I uh, I just wonder, um, do they realize how many heels are getting over and baby faces are just set aside on Monday Night Raw? I don't understand. Because I noticed, I looked at the lineup, uh, you know, I was reading what happened. I'm like, either... The heel wins, or if the babyface wins, the heel gets tries to get their heat back, and I just don't understand it. The WWE is bereft of quality babyfaces, and I don't mean just like you know, oh they got Big E or oh they got Brock Lesnar or they got the New Day. No, I mean they really need to be able to have babyfaces that are over, that that are believable. That you think when you see them in the ring, they have a chance to win a major championship or major matches. So I like to see that more often. Speaking of baby faces, Cesaro, that comes to mind. Because that was on SmackDown tonight. So Cesaro gets hit in the ribs. 
I'm watching during the break, and Cesaro's got his ribs taped. He takes on Ridge Holland. Now, I saw Ridge Holland in NXT, and I think that Triple H was really high on Ridge Holland. And, uh, and he was plucked out of NXT, and now he's on the main roster. Now, I think he's too green to be on there, but if you notice, Sheamus is almost like his manager. And I think that's kind of cool because you know Sheamus can work. You know, every time Sheamus is in the ring, he never takes a half step. That guy works hard. But he even got on the mic during the commercial and said, Hey, Chicago, look, uh, I want you. To, I want to introduce you to you know, the next big thing, the next big superstar in the WWE, Rich Holland. And I, again, I saw Rich Holland in NXT UK, saw him in NXT, and I thought, okay, Raw, um, big guy, and it could be champion one day with more seasoning. So he takes on Cesaro, and Cesaro loses because the whole selling of the ribs thing, and it, you know, that's fine, but Ridge is really green. And I think that he could be something in the future, but you know, I really was hoping to see more from Cesaro, but that match didn't last very long. So, you know, hats off to the WWE trying to develop new stars, but baby faces are important to have that balance of baby faces and heels in this company. So, that's how I look at it. All right, guys. I'm trying to remember if there's anything else. I can't remember anything else from uh, SmackDown, but it was a good time. It was good to be in the arena, even though I'm not the biggest fan of the Offset Arena. I don't know if I've said this on the show before. I'm not a big fan of that arena. It's not. It just... Um, and this is an arena where if it gets loud, it explodes. I've been to arenas. I'm sorry. I've been to concerts in that arena. And uh, it's not great acoustics for some concerts I've been to. So I'm not a big fan of it. It's older. Um, but if it gets really, really loud, it can really... It's a great arena. Now, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin's favorite arena. Just because of the wooden ceiling and just uh, how everything is so tight in there. He loved it because it was always loud during the Attitude Era. And I remember going there a lot during that time. And, you know, even for Roman Reigns and for, you know, for uh, Sasha Banks and for Charlotte Flair. It was a good pop, but not a fantastic pop. Not a pop in which you're like, wow, it's unbelievable. And I don't even know if you get those big pots outside of what you get at AEW with, uh, you know, CM Punk or, you know, Adam Page maybe or and the Young Bucks or others, right? So it's just different. So, guys, don't forget to check out the YouTube page. You know, I got Pat the Designer who has really been influential on my uh, YouTube page. He really helps me out on the YouTube, and so hopefully you'll subscribe to the YouTube page if you haven't done that already. Go to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday and subscribe. And don't forget, we've got fresh merchandise. Fresh merchandise. We've got t-shirts, we've got mugs, we've got hoodies. I haven't even put it on social media yet. I have not even... I'm just telling you on the podcast that we got this merchandise. I'm very happy, very proud that we've got this. I'll put it out on social media pretty soon here, but because it's been a really soft launch... You know, if you click my bio, you see it right away. Uh, and tell people who's got merchandise so you can represent Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday when you go to a wrestling show. So I appreciate you listening to the podcast as always. And uh, don't forget, I'll be with Mark Henry as we record this tomorrow on Saturday. And if you don't get a chance to hear that live, of course, I'll give you uh, some snippets of, uh, of our show on Sirius XM, uh, Fight Nation, Busted Open. 
All right. Driving along. I love to do these drive-along podcasts. Once I leave an arena, I did this for AEW, and tonight I'm doing it for uh, WWE SmackDown. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk soon right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Happy holidays.